Welcome to the Mornings with Sue and Andy podcast for Wednesday, October 26th. The Bank of Canada announcing another interest rate hike on Wednesday morning, the sixth increase this year. How will it impact homeowners and mortgage rates? We talk about it with Victor Tran, mortgage expert with rates.ca. With inflation the highest it's been in 40 years and prices of everything from food to gas on the rise, is it time to revisit couponing as a good way to cut down on household costs? We get some tips on how to clip and save from the coupon cutie herself, Nicole Scobrook. Has social media become a critical tool for politicians and is it an effective way to engage with the public? We discuss with social media expert Joe Whitbread of Joe Social. And finally, are you ready to feel the magic? Illusionist Darcy Oak joins us to share his story on how he became a world-renowned professional magician ahead of his show in Calgary this weekend. Yep, here we go again. What will another interest rate hike by the Bank of Canada mean for homeowners? With some insight as to what may be coming our way today, we're joined this morning by Victor Tran, rates.ca mortgage and real estate expert. Good morning to you, Victor. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Okay, so we're expecting a a hike and and quite a significant hike today in the interest rates. How are Mm -hmm. we expecting this to impact mortgages as a whole? What can people expect? Well, all points, uh, all signs are pointing to a 75-point hike. That's 0.75%. Now, keep in mind, the Bank of Canada rate hikes has direct impact to the prime rate, uh, which directly impacts the lines of credits, um, whether they're unsecured lines of credits or secure lines of credit, and, of course, variable rate mortgages as well. Fixed rates may not change. Actually, a lot of the lenders has already increased the fixed rates uh, last week and, and the week before that, uh, there was a pretty significant increase, a little bit more than half a percent on fixed rate, and that was mainly in, in anticipation for today's upcoming rate hike. Thanks. So variable rate mortgage holders should expect their payments to go up and their, their rates to go up by at least 0.75% today. Mm-hmm. Victor, I think we were talking at the beginning of the program when we kicked things off at 5.30 that, you know, a lot of people, whether their mortgage is fixed or their house is paid off, think that they're free and clear. Do you think it's going to get a lot of people not realizing about the line of credits that they've used as kind of a safe haven instead of putting money on a very high interest credit card? Oh, yeah, absolutely, right? Um, Well, the good thing about a line of credit, whether it's secured or unsecured, the minimum payment is interest only. And for every quarter percent rate hike, it equals to about an extra $14 a month for every $100,000 borrowed. So at the end of the day, it's not a whole lot, depending on how much someone has utilized their line of credit, uh, but it's still extra interest at the end of the day. What's the point of this last, hopefully last, and and big bump? Is it supposed to have an impact on the housing market? Or are we trying to keep people from spending again? Why do they keep doing this, Victor? I would say both. Right, and the inflation numbers, uh, especially from uh, last month, September, they actually went up. I mean, the, the Bank of Canada looks at core inflation and uh, you know, eliminating uh, gas prices, you know, even though they have gone down slightly uh, in, in September. Everything else has been rising. You know, prices for durable goods were up uh, last month. Food prices were up as well, too. Vehicle prices were up as well. Of course, mortgage costs have been up as well, too. So, uh, you know, increasing the rate again uh, should help tame uh, inflation. And then that's that's the end game. You know, uh, in the 80s, we had what we called uh, jingle mail, uh, Victor, mm. where people were dropping off their keys, putting them in an envelope and throwing them <laughs> in the box of the bank, walking away from their homes. Could we see an impact, even at, like if we had a three-quarter percent increase, that sort of thing happening again, repeating itself in 2022? 
Personally, I don't think so. I mean, the the government implemented the stress test rate, or in other words, a, a high qualification rate years ago, and I uh, and, and I think it's it was intended to do its job, and it, and it has. And you know, it, we thought that mortgage delinquencies and uh, and late payments, for example, or even mortgage defaults, for example, uh, would have uh, increased when when COVID started or when the pandemic started in 2020, but it didn't. You know the, the the delinquency rates did not uh, were barely barely increase. You know people will find ways to make their mortgage payments. Uh, they'll cut their spending elsewhere. Uh, but uh, but I think Canadians are, are quite resilient in that sense. Where they'll do everything they can to keep their home. So I personally don't think uh, there's going to be a huge crash. Sure, you know th- there may be some increases in, in mortgage defaults or delinquencies. Um, but I, I think the stress test rate that the government implemented is doing its job especially when we've seen uh, such low rates for the last couple of years now. It's good that uh, people were able to qualify at the higher rates at that time. Victor, should people on a variable mortgage lock in there right now, or is it too late with this coming today? Well, I, uh, I would say you know, the, we've, a lot of people missed the boat already. The fixed rates are significantly a lot higher than what they were you know, a month, two, three, four, five, six months ago even. Uh, you know, if, if you're in a variable rate mortgage, and you feel like you've tapped out and you're, you're capped at your budget and you can't afford any further rate hikes, then, yeah, you don't really have a choice. You're, you're going to have to lock in. Uh, I mean, it, it might not be the end. You know, the Bank of Canada may increase the rate again in December on their last announcement for the year. Now, if you have some some cushion and uh, you can weather you know, the, uh, the storm and some upcoming payments again in, in December and maybe potentially next year, then, yeah, you, you may write one uh write it out. I mean, personally, I like variable rates, despite the risk. I'm comfortable with that. I always like to think about exit strategies. You know, it's important to think about, you know, your short-term plans and long-term plans, whether you're planning to refinance, to borrow some money from the mortgage to do renovations or pay off higher interest debt, maybe relocate to a different city. We're seeing a lot of that from Ontario to Alberta, of course, uh, and and potentially selling the home and buying a new home. Because anytime you break the variable rate mortgage, you're going to have to pay a penalty. And the penalty will always be three months interest. And to me, I I think that's very important. It's important to know what you're going to be paying if you have to break the mortgage early versus paying, paying out a fixed rate mortgage. The penalty could be uncertain. It's the greater of three months interest or something called the interest rate differential, the IRD penalty. So, you know, you may have heard some lenders charging five, ten, fifteen, twenty thousand, if not more, for breaking a mortgage that's usually tied to fixed rates. And that's really scary to me, uh, especially if you're in a fixed rate or you sign for a fixed rate at a, uh, at a high time like right now and, and rates start to head back down, it, creating a bigger difference between the rate you signed for and what the new market rates are. There's a big loss in interest for the lender or the bank, and they're going to charge you a large penalty for uh, for breaking that mortgage surely. So I, I personally you know, very scared of that stuff, and uh, variable rates is, is the way to go for me. And historically, the data has shown that variable rates has outperformed fixed rates in terms of total interest savings, despite, despite the market mm-hmm. fluctuations. You just have to be comfortable with a little bit of risk. Just before we let you go, Victor, where do we go from here? Will this be the last increase, perhaps, from the Bank of Canada in this series of increases? And can we see things turning around and, and those rates going down in 2023? Uh, well, I, I certainly hope so. I mean, there is no indication that we're at the end yet. 
Uh, they may increase the rate again on December 7th, potentially next year as well, too. But it really just comes down to what the inflation data shows. right? So um, hopefully we'll, we'll start seeing a decline in the next 6 to 12 months. But I think, uh, you know, it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. Ooh, it's scary times right now. Thanks for breaking it down for us, Victor. Appreciate your, your time this morning. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Victor Tran is a rates.ca mortgage and real estate expert. You need a little help. You need some advice. Go to rates.ca. Let's face it. We are all looking for ways to save a few bucks these days. So maybe it's time to get back to clipping coupons with some advice to help us modernize the movement and find some amazing deals. We're joined this morning by Nicole Scobrook, who is better known as the coupon cutie. Hi, Nicole. Hi, good morning. Let's talk about the new 2022 version of coupon clipping. Does it look like the same thing or are we all about apps these days in terms of couponing? It's some apps. It's definitely not like the TV show that everyone's seeing extreme couponing. Um, This is more of a thing that everyone can do and it's not as difficult. Okay, Nicole, in 2022, where do we find these apps? Where do, it used to be, and Sue and I were talking about this, you'd get the flyers in the mailbox and it would be fun and fantastic, kind of like a sport. But now there might be people out there saying, well, the coupons don't exist anymore, so where do we look? Yeah, so for coupons, you can either print them off online or you can also find them at the store. So like Superstore, No Frills, uh, Sobeys, Places like that have them in the aisles, like on the shelf by the products. How much are we talking, Nicole? When you look at the average product, how much can people save? Uh, Coupons are usually anywhere from, I would say, like 50 cents to $2. At what point, you know, when it looks to these different items, is there a certain type of item that you can save more on in your experience? Is it it cleaning supplies? Is it straight up food? What what are we talking Mm -hmm. about? Well, with actual coupons, um, if you're using those to try and save on products, it's usually, yeah, there's lots of cleaning supplies. Whenever they want people to try a new product, there's often like high value coupons. But there's other ways you can save on your regular groceries like, you know, fruits, veggies, meats, um, those kind of things to save money. We often do price matching. It's called where um, you look through the flyers and find the best deal and then you can match that at the store that you're at as well. Nicole, how much money do you think you save in terms of, you know, you do a shopping, you're price matching, you're using coupons, you personally, because obviously being the coupon cutie, you've got to be good at this stuff. How much are you saving (laughs) per shopping? Um, I don't, I don't calculate, I get asked this a lot and I really should calculate it, but roughly I would say like, if I'm going to spend maybe like a hundred dollars, I'd probably save about 20 to 30 on average. That's pretty good. Yeah, for sure. It definitely adds up. I'm wondering, Nicole, do you think in the same terms of coupons as some of these store deals that, you know, you can use a certain card and accumulate points or I'm thinking maybe even like, for example, I think it's Safeway that has seen plus now Superstore, you can get free groceries. Is that in conjunction or is that separate from coupons that you would use? Uh, no, that's, those are wonderful things we love to stack together. Yeah. <laughs> so, we, yeah, we love PC points for sure. It's like one of the biggest ones we use because you can, you know, get points back on an item. You could use coupons with that. You can often usually price match as well or get cash back. Um, so there's so many things you can stack. And then as a couponer, you start to watch for those kind of deals. And then that's how you get stuff really cheap or free. Okay, Nicole, tell us your favorite app for saving money and your favorite flyer or whatever it might be. 
For sure. So one of my favorite apps um, would definitely be the PC app for points. Uh, we also have uh, Checkout 51, it's called. So Checkout 51. They give cash back when you buy certain items. And then also we have Flip, F-L-I-P-P. And that one, you can look through the flyers, and that's what we use for price matching. So I use that, like, all the time. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I think if you have fun with it and think of it like a sport, you can have some fun. Yeah, it's a competition. Great. uh, Some great (laughs) points. Thank you so much for your time this morning, Nicole. We appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. It's Nicole Scobrook, known as the Coupon Cutie. It's a bit of a Coupon Cutie. That's how you say it. Uh, CouponCutie.ca for more details, and she'll have some links on her website. Point you in the right direction Mm -hmm. of the best way to save. Social media is certainly a popular tool among politicians these days, but is it an effective way to engage with their public? Joining us to talk about the impact social media has in the political world is Joe Whitbread, co-founder of Joe Social and public speaker based in Lacombe. Good morning to you, Joe. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey, good morning, guys. Nice to be here. How did it happen? Why has social media suddenly become the popular tool for politicians, especially when they want to make an announcement? There it is on Twitter or Facebook or the like, kind of like that. Well, how did it happen? I mean, how did it happen for Nike or Home Depot or Starbucks? It's free. This is the way that a broadcast uh, broadcast can happen without Super Bowl prices. I mean, if we look back uh, over a decade ago, uh, the only way for a broadcast brand to get in front of you every day, whether visual or audio, was to pay for it. Uh, unless you were lucky enough to roll up your sleeves, put some sandbags on a massive global event and get a photo op, which also is a part of social media. This is a free place for politicians, for public figures and celebrities to gather an audience on the left side or the right side, the ones that love them, the ones that hate them, Mm -hmm. and let their message be heard. And so that's why people are there. It's free. This conversation, Joe, uh, began at our desks uh, in show prep. We were talking about, you know, the the different uses of social media for politicians. And and what's struck me is yes you can control your message if you you know putting something out on your own account but having said that if politicians are doing public things such as releasing policy or having a town hall uh, do the rules change for them because they are opening themselves up to deliver to their customers which are us the the public so is the rule different when they're doing something on uh, you know professional terms like that yeah, it's, it's a great question, Andy. The, it's a complex uh, component of, of where we are. First of all, the rules are not the same. Uh, you both know in media and, and in radio and in your public lives that you simply cannot go out in public and act a certain way because of who you are and the brands you've created and the brands you represent. I'm the same. The person listening over here is the same and over there. Unfortunately, a lot of people haven't gotten that memo yet, and we see job firings. We see social media policy also entering in to jobs and to places of work, and that's why we've watched people go anonymous. But the rules are very different for politicians and public figures. They simply have media training. They understand that while they can polarize with messaging, they can't snap back. And so what we see instead is is blocking or not responding or not allowing response. But the rules are different, uh, and that's the unfortunate part, because uh, as social media account holders, us out here, 
in the ether of the internet. All we want is our opinion to be heard as much as theirs, and and it, and it simply isn't. So the rules aren't the same, and the playing field's not even. So would you say, Joe, it's a bit of a backfire then for politicians to be blocking left, right, and center when someone questions or says something negative every time? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Sue, I think... I. I think there's a lot that can be learned from this new component of communications, but the more things change, the more they stay the same. Pierre Elliott Trudeau or Stephen Harper or <laughs> Justin Trudeau, or if we go more provincial, you know, our current premier, Daniel Smith, or even Jason Kenney uh, before her, wouldn't walk into a Tim Hortons in a, uh, a fiery uh, area of, of the province or the country or the west or the east if it was polarizing, if they knew the moment they walked in, tomatoes, let alone double-doubles, were being thrown at them. And the same is true for social. The only problem is we're protected by our phones and our devices, so we throw and hurl tomatoes. It has backfired. Blocking isn't something that our uh, business, who operates in public relations and communications, would say about a business that's getting attacked. If there's a fly in your soup, we wouldn't tell the restaurant uh, to block that customer because of the referral opportunities and the chance to fix that mistake. But it's coming at them in a barrage, and I agree with Shea Ganim, who was on earlier about 20 minutes ago, where he's he's saying the no-reply function. Or um, it, it, there's, there's ways that these politicians can communicate their point, even their policy, without riling up their base. Is there a danger, Joe, uh, that you're going to be excluding perhaps some of the people that you're supposed to be governing because there's the assumption that everybody's on social media and that might not be the case for everyone and for seniors in particular. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, We can't be an all or nothing society. We never have been. There's a lot of people, specifically young people, who think newspaper has died. It's gone to rest in bird cages and <laughs> and uh, and puppy training. And and newspaper is fine. It's doing okay. Certainly, they have had to navigate and evolve. Radio, television, many media from the past have an audience in the future. Uh, there's ways you need to navigate that. Social media is the exact same. It isn't all, and certainly that is proven in in numbers for companies and in marketing. Uh, we have to, I mean, this very show has tens of thousands, hundreds, if not more, uh, listening or will listen because of the navigation evolution, because of podcasting, because of on-demand. And so these are fantastic, and it's a great point uh, you know, when we when we talk about where people are consuming their media, it isn't an all or nothing, and a well-rounded approach to communications is essential. And that's why politicians do use social media, and that's why, you know, we wouldn't be hearing about Fox News uh, learning about Daniel Smith and and we're making a figure skater or a hockey player from our nation famous <laughs> if it wasn't for social media channels. So true. It's a great conversation. Thanks so much, Joe. Appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate your time. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Joe Whitbread, public speaker, co-founder of Joe Social, joesocialmedia.com. Can you feel the magic? Illusionist Darcy Oak is bringing the magic to Calgary this weekend, Saturday night at the Grey Eagle Casino. Darcy joins us now to reveal all the details of his upcoming show. Good morning to you, Darcy. Thanks for being with us. Hey, happy. me. Pleasure to chat with you. Okay, so I'm assuming you're not going to reveal all the details or there'd be no point in going us. Tell us, how did you get, start- <laughs> how'd you get started in this world? Uh, it was a funny story, actually. It was a completely by accident. My dad was uh, 
playing around with a deck of cards when I was a kid and told me to pick one. I did put it back in the pack. He said he was going to find it, and he did. And uh, he wouldn't tell me how he did it. And <laughs> it was about a month later. He was like, yeah, that just so happened to work out. One in 52 chance. <laughs> and, but it was that moment of not knowing how it was done that really, uh, really intrigued me. Is that part of it, Darcy? I've, I've seen your show. I love your show. And for me, watching the David Copperfields back in the day and, you know, seeing ma- magicians at different fairs around the city and stuff, is that we all become little kids mm-hmm. when we're tricked, so to speak. Well, that's exactly it, right? And there's like very, it's very rare that you uh, see something in today's day and age that you can't explain how it works. And if you don't know how, you can usually just hop on Google and they'll tell you right away. So magic is kind of one of those things that brings that childlike wonder back and, uh, you know, gives you that feeling of not knowing again. You've been doing this for a long time. You've been touring. I see, you know, as I Google you and I see pictures of you without a shirt for the most part. Is that part of the <laughs> show this weekend? Tell us what people will see at the Grey Eagle. Yeah, so we have actually added in uh, this one. Well, we've added in a few, several new things. But uh, one that we're working on lately is, is this, uh, this underwater escape. It's different from, like, any version that we've sort of done in the past. And uh, it makes me worried every time. It makes me anxiety all day long. But uh, that's, you know, that's part of the show, too. Like, if I feel anxious or, or worried about it, the audience can feel that, too. And I think that's something that's undeniable when, when you make it real. Because as a, as a magician, you know, you're telling people something that's usually probably not true, you know. But in this case, it was important for me to make this sort of underwater escape real because the audience can feel it. And, uh, yeah, so it's this new bit that we're working on. We've done it uh, on this tour. And uh, thankfully, I'm still alive. So, <laughs> hopefully, you can stay that way till yes. October 29th. You're yes. going to be at the Gray Eagle Resort and Casino, Gray Eagle Resort and Casino. Ca. Uh, but I want to ask you because we spend time with you watching uh, an hour, a couple hours on stage, and it looks polished. It goes seamless. But can you talk about the hours it takes for something like that to go th- seamless? Uh, how how long do you practice a, a trick for, for example? Oh, that's the thing. And like for me, it's it's never it's never perfect. There's always something that can be adjusted or tweaked. So yeah, you see the couple hours on stage, and uh, you know it's a lifetime really that goes into it behind the scenes. But in, in terms of the particular show, like for Calgary, for example, we'll arrive. Uh, we arrive the night before. We'll spend the whole day um, before the show setting up the show, lighting it, tweaking it, making sure the sound is good, making sure all the illusions are set up in an order. Then we do the show. Then we tear the show down right after. So. You know, on a day-to-day, it's it's the whole day plus some. Um, but in terms of the actual development of the illusions and routines, it's uh, it's a lifetime. And I'm still tweaking stuff that I've done forever, um, you know, to make it as best as it can possibly be. It's such an experience to see your show. Illusionist, magic man, Darcy Oak at the Grey Eagle on Saturday night. Thank you so much. <laughs> and Thank you, guys. Very much looking forward to seeing you yeah. on the 29th. That is Darcy Oak and, of course, Grey Eagle Resort and Casino.ca, uh, the 29th. And uh, you can follow him at Darcy O-A-K-E on social media. He's incredible. Mm-hmm. Love that guy.